welcome one and all to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and joining me, my partner in podcasting crime, it's Matt. You know, I try my hardest every couple weeks <laughs> to try and change up that intro just so I don't fall into a habit of keeping it the same. It gets it gets hard. It, it does. Hard. It does. It's like what variation can I spin on this where I have it already spun on it? <laughs> so how's your week been, Matt? Pretty good since we talked yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? That's the thing. It used to be people we would only do this show on Sunday night, but now we're doing so much on Saturday. We did our Secret Empire special, which will be coming out next week, I imagine. I haven't edited it yet, but if you're a patron, you can listen to the audio version. And we did the new Cape TV, which will probably up by the time you get to hear this. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, it was pretty fun. You know, we had a good show. But what we're really trying to get across is that uh, Matt and I are sick of each other because we're talking to each other way too much now. <laughs> friggin', friggin', for some reason, I had the genius idea of, hey, let's do a TV show podcast. And Matt's like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I don't know why we do this to ourselves. And now we can't stop. I mean, if we really wanted to torture ourselves and get an extra day off, we could do this and Cape TV back to back all in one night. But wouldn't that be nuts? Oh, geez, we'd be there for like three hours. Yeah, it would be a whole three-hour block. It's like, clear your schedule, man. And, of course, because I render all the shows as soon as I'm done because I want them to be up for patrons. No, I wouldn't be getting to bed till like 4 in the morning, but I don't sleep till 4 in the morning most nights anyway. <laughs> so what's it matter? <laughs> my, uh, my, my week has been also pretty chill, getting all the summer clothes out. It's getting hot in Canada, if you can believe it, which means I'm sure it's getting cold in Australia. Yep, yep, it's becoming winter, and I think in the next week or so, we're going to start feeling it a little bit more as well. <laughs> if uh, if the heat bothers me, I'll come visit you. We can trade. We can do like a trade in places thing to see that the grass <laughs> is greener on the other side. <laughs> and we'll all learn a valuable lesson at the end in this trading places scenario that I have cooked up. I don't know what that lesson would be, but neither it'll do be I. valuable. <laughs> neither do I. We'll save in editing. It's fine. In editing, we'll learn, I don't know, the true meaning of Kwanzaa or something. <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes from Futurama. Kwanzaa, what is it? Question mark? <laughs> I know it's a thing. I bet if I twisted your arm, you couldn't tell me what it is. God, no, I don't know. <laughs> something about days and stuff. Yeah. Something like that. There's there's like a 12 days of Kwanzaa, and you put them together, and they transform like a transformer, I, I assume. <laughs> if you know what Kwanzaa's about, tell us in the comment section. I'm sure someone will know what it's about. I'm sure Someone they... has to. Someone in the world has to know. It's true, or at the very least, just copy-paste the wiki. <laughs> Wikipedia could never lie to me, right, Matt? No, no, no one could ever edit that. No, no, man, it's good, it's good, I trust. I trust that, and I trust TV tropes above all else. <laughs> if I know nothing else in this world, it is what I have gleaned from TV tropes. <laughs> now, shockingly, after almost three minutes of pure nonstop bullshit, we actually do have some news to talk about, Matt. A pretty good offering this week of stories. A pretty marvel good offering week yeah yeah we we came off c2e2 which is the chicago comic-con thing there in years past we've had tons of news from this i know marvel like last year around this time announced their brand new line they're not doing that but they did announce one pretty big story 
Yeah, Marvel Legacy. Legacy, yes, Marvel Rebirth. I mean Legacy, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it pretty much is Marvel Rebirth. Oh, man, I'm going to make that mistake a lot in the next coming uh, months, in the next year or so. But yeah, Marvel apparently has heard you loud and clear, I guess, even though if you've been listening to the show, Marvel's been saying a lot of dumb things about how they don't listen to you at all, actually, but... They they're gonna bring things back to the way they used to be, Matt. They're gonna bring it. They're gonna bring it all back to zero. They're gonna make it classic again because they appreciate legacy now for some reason. Well, they appreciate legacy now because DC Rebirth made billions of dollars. <laughs> and Jeff John said legacy a bunch in the first uh, conference when they were talking about that. <laughs> yep, yep. They're, they're like, what's this word you keep saying over and over again, legacy? Which is truly hilarious because if you look at the history of DC Rebirth, they needed to go back because they literally threw out everything in the New 52. And it did feel like coming yeah. home again. And it did feel like a rebirth. Legacy is not Marvel's problem. In fact, Legacy is one of the few things they've done well recently, what with all the new heroes filling, uh, you know, the old heroes' mantles and everything. What Marvel needs is just to be good and consistent and stop missing deadlines and stop misunderstanding what fans want. This is this is kind of bold-faced is what it is. And even more so, at least with DC Rebirth, you could tell they worked on it for a while. Legacy feels mm -hmm. like they've just pulled it out of their ass the last couple months. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember who it was who said it, but someone said um thing with Marvel is they need to I think I think it was actually John Romita Jr. I th I think he said something along the lines of Marvel need to create new characters rather than taking characters that are exist like Captain America, Iron Man and always changing them like at, like giving them new uh, identities like with the Riri Williams stuff, which is good, which is good stuff and everything. But they keep they keep doing that week, year over year, year over year. It's a matter of consistency. They need to keep a status quo for longer than like a year. Yeah, we, we've had how many different uh, lineouts with them? From it's like oh, you know, Marvel now to you know the all new, all different to the Marvel now 2.0 now Legacy. I can't catch my goddamn breath. Please leave it the same for a bit and the stories will solidify. But you're so scared the second you start losing just a little bit of money. You're like, ah, change everything, flip the table. Yeah, it doesn't help either that like they'll have like, like a book series run for 12 issues and mm. they'll reboot it with an issue one. But that 12 issues will still be in continuity with this new issue one. It doesn't yeah. make any sense for people. Say say what you want about the new 52, and we certainly have. At least they stuck with it for 52 issues and whatever specials and everything else. At least they stuck with it. Yeah, they had bumps in the road, but they, they were consistent. They didn't reboot it at all in those five years. Yeah. And I mean, too, I think we would all agree, too, Marvel, you had the perfect chance to reboot. You had the perfect chance for a reboot or a rebirth or whatever you want to call it at the end of Secret uh, Wars. And you didn't take oh, yeah. it. Well, that, that's what originally we all thought, wasn't it? Like Secret Wars was going to be the, the, the DC rebirth of Marvel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it wasn't. Now, look, like I can bl I can't blame them. Or at least I couldn't back then because obviously Marvel has never done the crisis thing mm -hmm. that DC does. I, I think I said quite fame. Well, I didn't say this, but, you know, one of the things you always hear as a comic fan is that, you know, for Marvel, continuity informs the story 
for DC Comics, continuity is the story a lot of the times, and we'll talk about that more when we talk about the button this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely true. It's very much a continuity is the story. I mean, it's it's basically continuity porn is what it is. Oh, God, the callbacks. Oh, my God, the references. <laughs> oh, fucking Jeff Johns knows exactly what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the one good thing about this Marvel Legacy thing, and the one thing that has me at least semi-interested, obviously this will lead to a whole new outpouring of books, and we'll probably get a bunch of new number ones and everything else, but the DC Universe Rebirth for Marvel Legacy will be a 50-page one-shot written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Asad Ribic. so pretty fucking good team. Yeah, it, it, again, like the DC Rebirth thing with Jeff Johns and Ivan Reyes and... Jason for book and everything. It, it's like they looked around the Marvel offices and they're like, okay, who's our Jeff Johns? You know, who's who's the person yeah. with a built-in audience who even people are a little wary will trust because they have a great track record? Oh, Jason Aaron. There you go. Perfect. Because even then, like, you can complain about, like, you know, the bumps that we've had and all these different new Marvel rollouts and everything. Thor has remained consistently awesome. And moreover than that, Thor has remained consistently unmolested by everything that's been happening in the Marvel Universe. It's like, hey, do you want a Civil War 2 tie? No, I'm telling my story. Hey, do you want a Secret Empire tie? No, I'm telling my story. Mm-hmm. Which I think speaks volumes about the power and the pull Jason Aaron has over at Marvel, where he's like, no, no, I'm not getting involved in any of this. Yeah. And the last time he wrote like a big event like this was, of course, uh, Original Sin, which a lot of people didn't like. I liked Original Sin, and I'm not afraid to say I liked Original Sin. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it didn't have near as many ramifications as people thought it would, and a lot of the tie-ins kind of dropped the ball on what actually constitutes a sin. But hey, that wasn't uh, Aaron's fault. My big question, though, moving forward, knowing, you know, Jason Aaron's quirks as a writer and the things he loves to bring back in all of his stories, how do you think, for Marvel Legacy, how do you think uh, the orb will play a part in this? How do you think the orb will help bring about the change from the Marvel Universe? <laughs> Oh, um, I, I have no idea. So the orb gets a hold of the Darkhold, right? And he reads from the Darkhold, <laughs> and in doing so, rewrites the universe. And then Dog Logan. Yeah, that's right. Dog Logan from, uh, what is it, the original uh, Wolverine Origins. Uh, he comes in, and he's got the time crystals from Wolverine Spider-Man, right, that keep showing up and shit. <laughs> and then through these characters together form like a trinity. And in doing so, they manage to get Marvel back to its roots. Thanks, Jason Aaron. <laughs> I, I would love that if he just hijacks this big legacy story. It's like, and here's just a lot of shit I always wanted to say and stuff I wanted to write about characters I only care about. No one can stop me. Yeah, characters that I would never get a chance to write any other time. Yep. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it live. Like, I, I dropped off his Doctor Strange book, but apparently the orb showed up there. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I'm like, that's awesome, Jason. You you keep putting the orb in things. <laughs> <laughs> you love this weird eyeball guy and I love him because you love him <laughs> but yeah that's Marvel Legacy 
And while the fan in me might piss and moan and complain and be like, oh, God, really? The YouTuber in me who likes to make money is super fucking stoked because he knows there's going to be a bunch of new number ones and a bunch of things that people are going to be really interested in. So they're going to be watching all of our videos, Matt, yours and mine and all our other friends in the YouTube community. So we're doing great. Awesome. <laughs> see, see, that's the secret dirty thing about it, everyone. As fans, we complain, but as people whose business are tied into this, we're secretly stoked. <laughs> It'll be even better if it's crap, because then we can rant about it and get more views. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I don't think there's been anything really bad in the last little bit for me to rail against. Like, I haven't been angry, Joel, in a very long time, ever since you and I stopped working for Comic Book Cast, because, you know, there, we had to divvy up the comics, and you were going to get some stinkers here and there. Now that we work for ourselves, Matt, we can basically pick our own titles, and we can stick to the ones we really like. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, overall might be good, because that means we fill the internet comic community with more positivity than negativity. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since you've gotten, like, a Telos to get you mad, and it's been a long time since I've gotten, like, a Future's End to really tick me off. <laughs> don't, don't jinx it. Yeah. I mean, I think the one I've been the angriest about, and even then it's not anger, it's disappointment, because I used to love it, is Spider-Man right now under Dan Slott. The last couple issues have been very stinky, very booty issues. Oh, that sucks. You, you can put that one on the on the book jacket if you want. And Joel of Cape Joel says, very booty issue. Much sad. <laughs> Much sad. Please do something else. But uh, moving away from Marvel Comics to Fox movies starring Marvel characters, we got some big Fox news there, Matt. Apparently three new X-Men films have been slated for 2018. Jeez, 2018 is going to be a busy busy bloody year you bet your ass it will be we're basically going to be living in the movie theaters matt and i know i made that joke last year but it's more true this year yeah this is this is going to be a big year yeah coming down the pipelines we got new mutants which again a lot of these are in early development so we don't really know what most of these are going to be but i'm going to assume with a name like new mutants it's going to involve some new mutants matt uh maybe you don't know Either, either it is Fox. It is Fox. They could go the other way. It's 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 all Wolverine. It's all different versions of Wolverine, <laughs> with a cameo by Deadpool. Is what it's going to be. But yeah, New Mutants. Whether it's based on any incarnation of the New Mutants comic is yet to be seen. But there it is. Oop, there yep. it is. Deadpool two, obviously. Which, mm -hmm. I, which I think we can all agree we're really excited for, if slightly apprehensive. Yeah. Because yeah. De Deadpool 1, I think we can both agree, was a beautiful case of catching lightning in a bottle. Oh, yeah, they got lucky on so many occasions in that film. And now we don't have the original director. We don't have the original guy who was kind of steering the ship and everything. We, we don't know what they've been whispering in Ryan Reynolds' ears. Yeah, we got one of the John Wick guys directing, but does he really care about this source material like the other guy did? We got Brolin as Cable. What does that mean? Are they, are they going to use this as a launching pad for like maybe any other X-Men related projects that they're doing? There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of just we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Will it even be as funny as the other one or will this just take itself too seriously? Well, that's the thing that they they could go either way. That it could take itself too seriously, or it could be too goofy and play up on the the 
the what fans call meme pool yeah which yeah i mean that's when when i first heard about deadpool becoming a movie that was my fear i'm like oh god he's gonna be regurgitating memes it's just gonna be terrible yeah yeah there's a lot of places the deadpool sequel could go wrong and i really hope it does and i hope it continues to be as cool as the first one was and then the last movie in this you know x-men triple header we got coming out is X-Men Dark Phoenix question mark this is what a lot of people are believing that X-Men Supernova actually was that this is what it's going to become yeah yeah this was going to be the, the sequel to oh was it apocalypse apocalypse yeah right so yay we're doing the Dark Phoenix saga again <laughs> they sure they sure did good last time didn't they yeah totally and they did such a great job with Apocalypse, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they'll do this one just fine. We'll we'll jump ahead another ten years, I bet. Yeah, and everyone will look the same because <laughs> age makeup is hard. Yeah, because age makeup is hard. And so, you know, all those X-Men you actually wanted to see as cool young teens, they'll be boring 30-somethings now. So you know, they'll, or they'll be, or they'll just be dead. Yeah, or they'll just be dead because obviously, as we've seen before, this franchise has a nasty habit of killing a bunch of characters off in between movies. Yep. Ain't <laughs> all those characters you got really close to and liked in first class? Well, we fucking killed them all off screen. <laughs> hey, remember Havoc? You really wanted him back because it was weird that he wasn't in the other one. Well, guess what? He's back. And now he's fucking oh, oh, dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> and I bet there'll be a point, too, where Quicksilver will run around to a song that you like. And it'll be... And it'll be and, slow. And there'll be Wolverine, except it won't be Hugh Jackman. It'll just be someone in the shadows pretending to be Hugh Jackman. Do you think this is the one where they finally pull the trigger and recast Wolverine? Do you think this is the one? I... I don't think they'll recast him. I think they'll just use a stunt double and we'll never see his face. <laughs> wow, what a what a waste that would be. I mean, after how great Logan was, I know I said this before, it's like, you know, maybe just leave Wolverine alone for a bit. Maybe literally don't disturb his grave for a little bit. They can't do that. No, because they, they'll only imagine all the money they're not making if they don't put Wolverine into it. I mean, hell, you, you could tell that movie Apocalypse wasn't supposed to have Wolverine in it, but they got cold feet. Yeah, yeah, because it just cuts to him. Yeah, and you know they got cold feet more because the final trailer, the week before the movie came out, they were sure to put a scene of Wolverine's claws in the trailer to make you damn sure that he was going to be in it. Yep. Because I'm sure some suit told them, it's like, well, these are the, this is how much the X-Men movies without Wolverine make versus the X-Men movies with Wolverine in them. And they're like, well, time to make this by committee. (laughs) So yeah, that's the three X-Men movies. I can say I'm interested in maybe one of the three, although technically we don't know that much about New Mutants yet. New Mutants could be anything. Yeah, there's a um, uh, a TV show as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a TV show in there somewhere, too. Yeah, being made by Brian Singer, I think. Interesting. Yeah. That's that one about the family who has to, like, travel cross-country and everything, and they got mutant powers, right? I think so, yeah. And also maybe a Hellfire Club show, too, at some point? Yeah, probably. We we don't know. Legion was good, though. It was. Legion was pretty good, though. So, I mean, hey, that's the future of the X-Men film franchise, man. There will be more. 
Yeah, at least they're, you know, making movies. It's true. At least they, it's happening. It's happening for them. I mean, you know, questionable quality aside, they are happening. Unlike Fantastic Four movies. <laughs> no, son, that was that was three strikes and you are most definitely out. When, when are the rights up for exp- expiration again? In a couple in, of years? Yeah, another four years, I think. Oh, well, within that time, we'll have another Fantastic Four crack. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we will. I, I wonder, will they just try again in four years, or will they just be like, you know what, just just fucking just get rid of it? I hope they do get rid of it, since the MCU can then have, like, Doom and Galactus and everything, but I kind of feel like they'll probably just make another one just to spite Marvel Studios. No one no one wants to be the guy who says they let, X, or they let uh, Fantastic Four get away. Yeah. No one no one wants to be that guy, especially because if Marvel did get it back, they'd make a huge deal about it and it would make a boatload of money. Yeah. And no no one wants to be the guy who was sleeping on the job and let let, let them <laughs> damn Fantastic 4 get away. <laughs> you left the cage door open and he ran out again. <laughs> you get him back. So yeah, that's uh that's your X-Men uh movie news there for you we'll definitely keep you posted on that as uh as it becomes available i suppose yeah now uh moving on from there back to the world of comics but more specifically the world of comic book stores uh one of the big comics that came out this week and we'll definitely be talking about near the end of the show is secret empire of course and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things Marvel tried to do to, you know, kind of get stores involved and everything and kind of, you know, hype up the issue and everything is they gave a bunch of, like, cool green-themed Hydra shirts for comic book store people to wear at events yep. to give away the book. And a lot of people were like, uh, I don't know if I want to wear this Nazi shirt, Marvel, especially in the times that we're in right now. I think this sends the wrong message. And on one hand, I agree, and on the other hand, I'm like, if, if you don't want the shirt, can I have it? <laughs> yeah, can I, can I have it? It would go really great with my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra shirt. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the thing. I'm like, man, if, if, if you comic book stores don't want that shirt, I will wear the fuck out of it on video. Mar- Marvel, if you're listening, I will wear the fuck out of it. I don't care about <laughs> the weird Nazi connotations. I just love shirts. <laughs> I own too many shirts. Look at my closet and my drawers. They're overflowing with shirts. And I own more DC than Marvel, so you should really think about sending me one. Yeah, come on, Marvel, please. Please, please, please. This isn't even a news story. This is just Joel cyberbagging for shirts. <laughs> Actually, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. I wonder, because I was going to say, these shirts, given the controversy, will no doubt probably become a big, like, eBay seller. Let me hop on eBay right now as we sit here and talk, and let's see. Let's see if they're actually online yet. Hydra. I don't, I don't know if they will be yet. Right. Well, I figured, you know, if they came out with the zero issue, let's see. Hydra shirt. Apparently, this was part of, like, a bigger Marvel theme, too, where they're like, yeah, you know, like, actually have a Hydra take over your store. Like, put up all the banners and everything. And, you know, won't that be cool? Won't that be a thing? It's a bit of a, yeah, maybe. Um, I can't find that shirt. I can find Hydra shirts. But... Me too. Oh, you can get, uh, what is it, counterfeit Hydra cap shirts from shady Chinese uh, sellers. 
Oh, they quality. They're they're my favorite. I've, I've actually bought more than a few shirts off shady Chinese sellers. It took like four <laughs> months to get here. They're of poor quality, but I only wear them in my video, so it's fine. <laughs> so it's literally fine. Uh, here, let let me put a Hydra shirt green in. Everyone, this is this is great podcast material we've got here, Matt. You and me talking as we search eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think we'll find any yet. No, I don't think we will. But hey, if you end up coming upon those shirts, anyone in the comic multiverse universe, I am an extra large. <laughs> Just throwing that out there right now. Matt, what's your shirt size? I I vary depending on the material. Mm, that's true. That is a thing. Oh, they've got Bob. They've got Bob Agent of Hydra shirts, but they don't have the one we're looking for. <laughs> Again, I, I can't stop looking at like this. Uh, what is it? This counterfeit Chinese Captain Hydra shirt that doesn't exist because he doesn't wear it. What's hilarious about it is it's they literally just took a Captain America one, like his Shield variant. Yeah, that he works for. Colored it black, put red, and then put like a like a JPEG of the Hydra symbol over it. But he's wearing <laughs> like a normal person belt under it that no Captain America wears. <laughs> Way to, way to drop the ball, Chinese counterfeiters. Not today. I, I don't think they'd be worth anything, mainly because, um, or like the originals would, but people on like Public would probably just make the designs and just mass produce them. Right, of course. Good old Public. We should, we gotta get our Public store up and running, Matt, don't we? We do. We, we we have some designs, we have some ideas for shirts, and I'm sure, you know, that's another thing. In the comment section, guys, if we made Comic Multiverse shirts, would you wear them? And furthermore, what of our what of your favorite bits on the Comic Multiverse would you like to see get turned into a shirt? I think Damn Moon People's a pretty good one. What are some other <laughs> jokes we keep coming back to? Um, Ant-Man Dick Punching. Ant-Man Dick Punching, a classic, a true classic, Matt. <laughs> you know, you know. There's actually a fan out there who he's actually going through every one of these episodes, and he is basically compiling a best of comic multiverse. I didn't ask him to do it; he's just doing it. Jesus! <laughs> Apparently, he's up to thirty minutes already in like the fifty-two episodes we've done. So, don't be surprised if come Christmas or come the next holiday, where Matt and I don't want to work, we'll just throw that one up for you. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, here's one again. You got me looking on Tee Public now. Uh, someone has Nick Spencer, Agent of Hydra. Uh, that's awesome. That's that's kind of funny, but at the same time, too, it's like, why do people think just because he made Captain America a, a Nazi that Nick Spencer is like some sort of secret Nazi or something? You know, they're still the bad guys, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's not as though he's it's not as though he's like writing them as like hey these guys aren't so bad they're actually pretty cool yeah like it would be one thing if that's what he's doing he's not doing that i don't know how people get this in their mind that like nick spencer like is secretly condoning this behavior <laughs> especially because if you read on his twitter page people are constantly throwing shit at him for maybe being too liberal it's hilarious and my heart goes out to nick spencer because he literally can't seem to win no matter what he does thing is he loves it as well like the the um free comic book day secret empire book got spoiled and he's like he's like i love that everyone's getting so salty about it i absolutely love it oh yeah he's he's a bit of a troll too which at the end of the day means he was probably the perfect person to do this crazy story 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he can roll with the punches on it, and I don't think, like, he'll have a breakdown or anything. And I'm sure, too, while he does all this crazy stuff in the back of his head, he's like, and you know what I'm going to do when I'm done this politically charged story that got everyone so mad? I'm going to write a nice comedy book when this is done. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the superior foes of Spider-Man, or I'm going to write Ant-Man and Wasp in time for the next movie, and it's going to be a sweet comedy story. <laughs> and I'd read it. Yeah, me too, and it'll probably be pretty good. Oh, oh, again, looking at shirts on TeePublic, someone actually made a Dogs of Hell shirt. Oh, that's awesome. Right, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Daredevil. That's nice, I like that. Ooh, and you can get it in sticker form, too. Cool. I wish I wish someone made a patch out of it, because if they made an actual patch out of it, I would sew it to my jacket. That'd be awesome. Just just to really mess with people. Then again, there are actually like real Hell's Angels in my area, so I would hate for them to see that and beat the crap out of me, <laughs> thinking I'm some sort of rival motorcycle. Yeah, some new gang. <laughs> no, no, it's just a, it's just a comic reference, man. It's a comic reference. <laughs> I mean, like obviously, real bikers know what Sons of Anarchy is, so there's no problem there. But like Dogs of Hell, that sounds too uh, close to being real. <laughs> So that's funny. Uh, okay, moving on from there, man. We got a lot of we got a lot of talk out of that one topic. We did. So, uh, Dark Knight's Metal, which is going to be the brand new Batman series event. I'm not really sure what it is yet. Apparently, it's going to be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be written by Snyder and Capullo. They're coming back together. They're getting the Dream Team back together. But it was announced this week that this will just be the first shot in what will be spawning a brand new imprint in and of its own, a brand new line they're calling the Dark Matter line. Yeah, so um, DCU 2.0, I mean Dark Matter. (laughs) uh, Yeah, they're kind of rebooting a bunch of really old, obscure books as well as making new characters. Yes, yes they are, which... Which is an interesting gamble, because, you know, that's always kind of been the thing that we talk about in comics, where it's like, you know, oh, pe- people want new stuff, but they get mad when you change characters they like and everything. So is this their way of testing the waters and being like, look, here's our way of giving you new and interesting characters, many of which are very diverse. I think they said they're going to have gay characters, they're going to have trans characters, they're going to have multi-ethnic characters in this. Is this their way of doing it, but also not upsetting the apple cart of their main universe? Probably. I, I This is probably going to end up being similar to how... Um, uh, Stormwatch and the the Wild Storm characters were when the New Fifty Two started. How they were part of the New Fifty Two, but not in their own bubble, like they're doing with Young Animal now as well. Yeah, yeah. Which good idea on paper, but now I'm like, okay, now you have three separate imprints from the main DC. Mm-hmm. I'm going to imagine they don't sell near as well as the regular DC does when the time comes where you got to cut off a finger to save the hand. Which one goes first? Yeah. Which one goes first? Now, they have actually managed to amass some pretty damn good teams for a lot of these books they got going on here. You got John Romita Jr., you got Andy Kubert, Greg Capullo, Jim Lee, all on art. James Tynan's taking a book. They got a lot of people writing a lot of books on this one. Uh, I think one of the books they were talking about was uh, uh, we got The Immortal Men, uh, Challenger of the Unknown. So, yeah, they're dusting off a bunch of old concepts. Mm. Some of it sounds really interesting, but, I yeah, I'm still very wary because in the long run, is any of this even going to matter? 
that's that's the thing and that's always the fear when you know they launch a new line and when they do stuff like this you know how much of this will actually matter uh silencer that's one uh that's that's dan abnett that's guardians of the galaxy guy and john ramita jr working together on a book it's funny the character the silencer looks very much like blue beetle (laughs) yep (laughs) then you got sideways which is dan didio and justin jordan yeah didio is writing again wow yeah, it's going to be very interesting. You forget that DiDio's a writer. Uh, and Jordan, who I, I've, I've never liked Justin Jordan. I'm just going to say that right now. I've every, every book he's written, I've never been a fan of. Nor have I been a fan of any of Dan DiDio's modern writing. So putting this together, I'm kind of like, eh, all right. <laughs> this this book looks to be their answer to like the Teen Titans because it's like a teenager struggles to live through high school as he comes in contact with dark matter and gains the power to teleport through the dark dimension. So he's Nightcrawler basically. But pretty each, much each leap brings the hero one step closer to succumbing to the allure of his new dark powers. I'm guessing dark matter is the thing that gives all these people their powers now, and we'll see dark matter in that Batman story. Yeah, I guess I guess it's going to be sort of like um. Uh, the Amazo virus and what that was doing with like people that are in Super Sons at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Tynan is doing the Immortal Man. I'll check this out just because I like Tynan. Yeah, totally. I like Tynan. Uh, then you got Damage, which is written by uh, Robert Vendetti, who I like, and Tony Daniels mm-hmm. doing art, so it's going to look pretty. Yeah, it's going to look really nice. Then New Challengers, which you know is a reference to Challengers of the Unknown. This is the big one with Scott Snyder and Kubert doing art. Yeah, so this is I, I guess this one's going to be like the direct sequel to to Dark Matter or Dark or Metal or whatever it's called. Sure seems that way. Yeah. So I mean, all of these have a chance. You know, it's it's funny if Young Animal is DC's attempt of at being like, hey, we can do Vertigo too. All these books, what I'm looking at, this looks to be DC being like, hey, Image fans, we can do Image too, maybe. <laughs> You like things like this, superhero books that are like superheroes, but not really? Yeah, but kind of realistic. Yeah, we can we can do it. We can do it too. We can do it nine times. <laughs> You'll see. You'll all see. I mean, could be good, could be not. I imagine most of us will probably be looking at at least uh, the first issues to see what's up. Yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, there's there's that for you, everyone. You've got you've got more choice in your DC comics coming very soon. Yep. Now moving back over to Marvel. Yes, that was the only DC story we had this week, if you can believe it. Yeah, I'm surprised. Shocking, am I right? Uh, Christopher Priest, who is of course uh, getting a lot of love for me for his work on the Deathstroke book he's doing right now, he is going back to the team that more or less kind of made him famous. In a lot of ways, he is going to be penning a Black Bolt origin story mini just in time for that new TV show, IMAX Experience. What are the odds of that, Matt? Oh, the, the shocking, the pure coincidence. <laughs> funny, funny how they do that, am I right? Should be good. I like Priest. Priest clearly still likes the Inhumans, or at least, you know, likes it enough to take the money to do this. Yeah, yeah, the Inhumans lately have been really, really great with what um, like Charles Soule and everyone has been doing with them. So I'm really excited to see what he's going to be doing with Blackpool and what looks to be Maximus as well. Yes, because the story is called The Once and Future Kings, plural, so he's involved. Yeah. You, you gotta wonder, too, seeing them both as young men. We'll probably get to see them before Terra Genesis, so you'll probably get to hear Black Bolt talk. Yeah, yeah. 
That'll be interesting. I, I wonder what his voice will be like. What will his internal monologue be like? Very eloquent, I think. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, it'd be funny if he talked like a dude from Boston. Eh, 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 eh my brother, freaking Maximus. What the fuck you doing, bro? <laughs> eh, man, we gotta, we gotta go work for Decree. That's some bullshit, bro, I tell ya. <laughs> Just dropping my ass all day here in space. Yeah, why I had a... Let's, let's hit up the Space Dunkin', brah. <laughs> There's got to be a Space Dunkin' Donuts, right? Probably. They got everything in space. I bet they got great donuts in space. <laughs> donuts are so good they could not have come from Earth. I'm sure they came from some other planet and was only brought here later. They're byproduct of Terra Genesis. Ah, there you go, man. See, so you got to get them crystals if you want to get them donuts. <laughs> hey, hey, there's, there's a thing right now, everyone. When the new IMAX Inhuman show comes out, you need to come out with a bunch of Inhuman-themed donuts. The Black Bolt would obviously be like, you know, the darkest chocolate you can get in like streams of vanilla that look like his mask. <laughs> then the Medusa Donut, well, that just writes itself. It's red velvet, of course, with a bunch of like, you know, uh, purple filling because, you know, that's her costume and everything. It's a donut that fell behind the fridge and is covered in hair. Yeah, gross. I'll eat. I'll just eat a little bit. I'll, I'll eat around it. <laughs> we're we're not fancy here at the comic multiverse. Everyone, we don't have high standards. We'll we'll eat the hairy donut if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Other podcasts won't eat the hairy donut. Matt, we'll eat that hairy donut. <laughs> Why do I feel that's a clip that's going to be used against me many years from now? <laughs> It probably will be. I'm going to be on trial. Did you kill that person? Well, you know, we have here Exhibit A, this audio clip, recorded <laughs> April uh, 23rd, 2017. Can you really trust a man who would eat a hairy donut who fell behind the fridge? <laughs> if he did that, I bet he would do anything, up to and including murder. <laughs> you sick fuck. <laughs> so from that story to uh we're keeping it cosmic and yet again we're keeping it very marvel too uh here's one for you matt so did you see the trailer for that cloak and dagger show i did yes it looks like a goddamn show doesn't it like it looks real i remember we were hearing about cloak and dagger so goddamn long ago and we were both like this might not even happen i'd be surprised if this happened it's happening yeah it it looks pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, they're definitely pushing the whole, you know, young teen romance runaway kid angle, which, I mean, obviously that was the appeal of the characters in the comic anyway, so why wouldn't you push that side of it? But, yeah, it looks like a real show. Yeah, and it, it's very interesting the take they're doing on it as well. It's kind of like a, I guess, like the teen drama thing goes with the characters mm. a little bit. Um, but it's definitely very strange. I, I guess maybe because they, I think they just only started filming, so is that so that's why we don't get a lot of like special effects shots or anything in it. But um, it, it looked very much like they cut the trailer from the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I I actually kind of hope there isn't a lot of special effects in it. Like they don't go overboard with the powers or anything. Well, that's the cool thing about them as characters. You really don't have to go overboard on it because their powers are ultimately pretty simple at the end of the day. That's true. That's true. It's just a dude who is shadowy and can teleport and a girl who can do stuff with light. 
even their costumes yeah. are ultimately pretty simple. Like, I don't see why they wouldn't put them in costumes. She's just got to be in a white singlet. He's just got to wrap himself in a black robe, and he basically already did in the trailer. Yeah, he did in the trailer, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Also, hey, Roxon sign. Yeah, again, Roxon being like the uh, a big center point in these TV shows. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, you definitely got your continuity fix in there for those who like it. And, I mean, we all like it, right? Yeah. So there's definitely that going on. This this will be the first big superhero show from Freeform, which uh, I don't even know if we freaking get Freeform in Canada. Yeah, I know we don't hear. It's, it's a network we've never even heard of. Isn't it like some sort of Jesus channel? Didn't we figure that out, that it's like some like uh, like very like Christian-y channel? I, th- I think so, yeah. Freeform TV network. Man, this is the Google cast this week is Joel Google's shit. <laughs> uh, it's California, American Cable Television Channel. Is own- oh, it's owned by Disney and ABC. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, it makes sense why it's on there, yeah. Of all places. And here's the other thing, Matt. This, this is just going to be the first of what's apparently going to be a whole family of shows they want to start over on Freeform because we also got confirmation this week of the team lineup for the new Warrior show that they're going to be doing. Yeah, and it's a pretty interesting lineup as well since it draws from quite a few iterations of the team and add squirrel girl because they already feel squirrel girl is going to be the next big breakup but they want to put her on a team first (laughs) so they want to see how that goes I i gotta say from what i looked at when they're like basically breaking down the characters and being like hey they're like this they do this thing ultimately it feels pretty uh pretty accurate i would say yeah it it seemed i think that they were going they were gone from a specific run of the comics. I think it was like the Scotty Young run mm. or something. I know that. Right. And I mean, you know, it's definitely one of those situations too where the majority of people don't know who the new warriors are, don't know who these characters are. But that's actually kind of a plus in this situation because they come with no baggage and a lot of people will be seeing them for the first time. Yeah, that's that's a really good idea. And I mean, hey, say what you want about Arrow, and I've certainly said everything I can about Arrow at every opportunity, usually in all caps, drunk at three in the morning, <laughs> about how angry I am. But one of the things that I think really worked for Arrow and really put that show over with, you know, mom and pop audiences is no one knew anything about Green Arrow. No, no. The writers clearly knew nothing about Green Arrow, and that only helped them make a successful show that they knew nothing. <laughs> they, they knew just enough to piss off people who actually did read the comics. But yeah, I mean, hey, more power to the New Warriors, man. I think it would be cool if that show was successful. Wouldn't it be hilarious if in a couple years we're talking about the New Warriors in the same way we're talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy? Because that's the blueprint right there. A team that even comic book fans are like, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, really? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that could turn out like that. Like, we could be sitting here in a couple of years anticipating the release of Season 2 of it or something. Yeah, how great was New Warriors? How fun and hilarious was New Warriors? <laughs> Can you believe they gave us the great breakout star of, insert Chris Pratt person here? <laughs> Man, can you believe that movie comes out on the goddamn 5th of next month? I'm seeing it tonight. Oh, you dirty fuck how. Explain. Because it comes out here tonight. Oh, yeah, freaking Australia. <laughs> Always with the release. You 
you dirty bastard. I love you, but I also hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to see it. I bet you are. You're going to have to tell me all about it. You're going to have to tell me apparently about the five uh, post-credit scenes that are supposed to be in it. I I already know what they are, and they're actually really, really cool. Do you? Because here's the thing. Like, I, again... Like, I usually like to be surprised, but at the same time, I'm like, must know, must know what it was. You're going to have to link them to me because I don't know, actually. Although maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I'll make up my own mind when I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling many emotions right now, but good for you, Matt. <laughs> uh, speaking, too, about that as well, I forgot this. Did you hear uh, Adam Warlock was apparently supposed to be in uh guardians of the galaxy 2 but they've moved him to a future marvel project which could either be guardians 3 or maybe even likely uh infinity war yeah i i did and it, it kind of goes with one of the the end credit scenes um mm. but yeah that's that's actually pretty interesting i'm glad they did move him because i imagine they thought that they couldn't get away with adding him in as well as all these other new characters like ego and mantis and everything yeah so that's pretty cool seems like it's going to be a pretty jam-packed movie by the looks of it yeah i'm excited for guardians i want to see guardians a whole lot I'm glad I have the extra time, though, because I'm working on a required reading video for Guardians. Oh, hey, spoiler people, I'm working on that video. <laughs> but on the upside of it, unlike, you know, doing Wolverine or doing, like, Suicide Squad, where there's, like, decades upon decades worth of material mm-hmm. to cover, the Guardians stopped being relevant for a giant chunk of years until the movies made them relevant again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's a very short list, and I'm happy about that. Also, too, with that, I can yeah, make... just just read the Dan Abnett run it. Yeah, that's that that's basically all you need to read. But I also need to make a whole video, Matt. So I need to put other ones in there. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in there for sure. I got Thanos imperative, and even to at the end there, I'm like, hey, you know, this new Star Lord runs pretty fucking great too. Oh, it is, and what talk about that when when we talk about what we read but i'm disappointed in what's happening with it oh is it well because it's ending right it was only a short run yeah it's getting canceled well yeah they well i I think they're all getting canceled because they got to put them back into space because duggan's got to write them now for the next thing that will come up with the movie but but i'd like a a solo series of just or just chris pratt style or just getting into hijinks in space yeah that's unfortunate i mean they would have to explain it's like well how can he be on earth but also with the guardians at the same time oh you just move it into space yeah i mean a a clever writer could do that but you know (laughs) can't can't do it though apparently although this is like what this is like the second third fourth solo star lord has actually had which is kind of amazing that he keeps getting them yeah, again, it goes back to goddamn Marvel rebooting the series after, like, four or five issues. I never thought I would see a day and age where the Guardians were so popular they all got their own solos. Yeah, yeah. Rocket and Groot had multiple solos. Drax had a solo written by freaking CM Punk for crying out loud. <laughs> and that was, like, his second one. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's basically all the news for this week. And wow, Matt, we talked a lot without even talking we about what d- we read this week. We did. There was a lot of really interesting news to talk about. Meaty, meaty topics, as I would say. Mm, so good. Yeah. 
Now, uh, moving on from there, I guess we can hop into what we read this week. And wow, this was a this was a freaking humdinger of a week, wasn't? It? I feel like I'm saying humdinger a lot, but I can't think of another word to describe the kind of week this was. Oh, it, it, it was a humdinger. It was a really, really big week. It was. Like, I'm still not... I haven't even scratched the surface on most of the books. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. This week was so big, it's Sunday as we record this, I haven't read the new Green Arrow yet, and Green Arrow is my favorite. What does that tell you? Oh, I read that so I could talk to you about it. Oh, God did damn you it. Really? Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's fine, Matt, because you can tell me about it. <laughs> I, I don't really want to tell you about it because it's such a good good issue. I'm, I'm going to be popping for it. I'm going to get a big old green arrow boner. It looked like that kind of issue. Yeah, it looks. it's a really nice drawn book as well. Yeah, the art guy on that one just fucking kills it. Yeah. He's really, he's really good. But I guess we'll start over in DC land because Marvel controlled the bulk of the news this week. Uh, I guess we got to mention Batman number 21, The Button, was this week. The long-awaited yes. issue that finally claimed to shed some light on the uh, DC Universe Rebirth Watchmen connection. Yeah, everyone looking forward to this. And this issue, this issue is more of a teaser. It kind of was. It definitely felt like it could have just been another issue of Batman that happened to feature the reverse Flash. But they're doing a lot of building in a very short amount of time. Oh boy, are they ever. So we see the button interacts with Psycho Pirate's mask. Psycho Pirate being a character Tom King has written a lot about and a character that has a long history of being aware of all the crises and all the changes in the universe. Yeah, and he he was aware of, uh, I guess, Dr. Manhattan's fuckery with the time of dc that's right he wasn't fuckery is a good word matt that's basically what he did he stole 10 years that can only be an act of fuckery <laughs> but yeah and in that moment when the pin and the mask react to each other the walls of universes get torn down and batman sees his father from flashpoint for a minute yeah he sees the thomas wayne batman Dun dun dun. Which meant there's a meaning I want to see more of of like, Dad, what's with your weirdo suit, Dad? What's what's with all the spikes and everything and the guns and whatnot? You we gotta have a talk. <laughs> cause cause here's the thing. They met in convergence, but it wasn't the version from the main earth who got to meet his father, Thomas Wayne. No. <laughs> our, our Batman still never met his flashpoint dad, so that's something they can still do here. Yeah, that's cool. I'll be interested in that. Uh, Thawne, great as ever. I always felt Reverse Flash was one of the most underrated, underutilized DC Universe villains. It's nice to see him headline, essentially. Oh, boy, did he ever. He, he brought the pain to Batman. <laughs> did he ever, man. He, he messed him up bad. And then just to show what kind of horribly petty villain he was, he tore up the letter that Flash brought back to Batman from Flashpoint written by his dad. Yeah, oh boy, did that trigger Batman. <laughs> oh yeah, J just because Thawne is a vindictive cunt, he did that. Like, that gave him no, like, it added no tactical benefit to him, but he did it anyway, just because that's the sort of asshole he is. Yeah, and then he picked up the button. He did, and it did not agree with him. No, it showed him who God was. <laughs> yeah, I saw the face of God, and then I died. 
yeah and and looking at the face of god is the same has the same effect as opening the ark of, of the covenant mm. has on someone it yeah. just melts your face yeah that that guy chose poorly is <laughs> <laughs> what he did bringing it back to indiana jones there i like to of course the fire that engulfs reverse flash it's the same shade of blue as dr manhattan oh yeah totally i i imagine what happened was dr manhattan saw him or like he arrived in wherever dr manhattan is and dr manhattan tried to blow him up <laughs> like how he did with pandora but because reverse flash is so fast he managed to escape and only got half blown up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of funny too you know obviously tom king got the writing credit on this this did not feel like a tom king book this was actually very straightforward this felt like a jeff johns book in fact it continually makes reference to jeff johns stories well, he's the one who um, uh, did the the overall storyline of it, and Tom King went off his uh, script or synopsis or something. I don't know. Right, he's he's the architect of the event, and you can tell he's the architect. Yeah. It. Uh, one thing I really liked because I like when comics play around with the concept of time. Batman has to survive for eleven seconds, and the pages actually count down eleven seconds. Yeah, that that was awesome. That's a really nice touch. And Batman's like, no, it's okay, I can just survive for 11 seconds. Yeah, for a speedster, 11 seconds might as well be a goddamn eternity. Yeah, and Flash was late as well. <laughs> yeah, goddamn Barry was late because he tried to save a guy who died at a hockey game. Which, which I love that as a Canadian, this book finally gives us the canon name for Gotham's hockey team. They're the Blades. <laughs> Yeah, I got so many hilarious questions on Twitter, actually, when they introduced the Gotham hockey team. They're like, hey, Julie, you think this is a reference to the playoffs that are going on right now? Hey, isn't Gotham technically in the wrong conference because they don't play till later? If, 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 Gotham, <laughs> if Gotham is in New York, New Jersey, should they not technically have already played? And it's a <laughs> l- lot of good questions. And I'm like, guys, guys, I-, I am a nerd. Please let me direct you to my father who will answer all these hockey questions that I cannot. <laughs> yeah he was here tonight actually watching the finals I, I didn't see how it ended i don't know if the leafs won or lost or not it was in like double overtime when i started <laughs> so toronto might be out they might not be i don't know but yeah that that was the button pretty wicked am i right yeah oh yeah it was a really great issue i can't wait till next issue especially after some of the some of the um i wouldn't say spoilers but like sort of events that will be in that in the in the button kind of leaked out of c2e2 mm. and and they sound amazing they they're very very vague but they sound amazing what uh, what did they say i actually didn't hear any of this um it might kind of imply that the dc universe is part of dr manhattan's body mm. holy shit yeah <laughs> we are but a flea on the back of god pretty much <laughs> That's uh, that's got to make you think, huh? We are fleas on the backs of gods. <laughs> uh, so that was the button. The button was pretty sweet. And I guess from one mega event to the other mega event that came out this week, this time from Marvel, we're of course talking about Secret Empire number zero. And I think at this point, Matt and I are a little sick about talking about Secret Empire because we recorded <laughs> like a 40-minute synopsis of like, this is the year-long road that brought us here. Yeah, it was a pretty damn good book. I appreciate that it wasted zero time. Yeah, as Nick Spencer said, by the end of this 
first issue, everyone will know of Cap's betrayal, and it's true. Yep. We get essentially Captain America's burning down the Reichstag moment, where, you know, he masterminds four-pronged attacks on New York and the superhero community at large, uses that to gain power from the president. So his, like, martial law power is 100% legit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, basically traps everyone who could stop him and declares, you know, Hydra world order. Yeah, and he does it all in the space of, like, like a day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty terrifying. There's a great line of dialogue Nick Spencer has in there where it's like, you know, Captain America was always the Avengers' greatest tactician, but now that he's free of morality and compassion, he is unstoppable. Yeah, and it's true. It's it's much like Superman in the same way, where it's like the moment Captain America stopped giving a fuck, we were all screwed. Much like the second Superman starts giving a fuck, we're all screwed. Yep. <laughs> Which was kind of the theme of Injustice, wasn't it? You know, Superman just couldn't give a fuck anymore. That Yeah, pretty much. This is, we're at that point with uh, Captain America now, and it's scurry. It's real scurry. It is. What uh, what did you have, Matt, this week that wasn't um, these two? Uh, I had Trinity issue 8. I also had Trinity, or as I called it on my channel this week, Superman versus Superman. <laughs> It was it was exactly that. It was exactly that. So Superman fought the New Fifty Two counterpart because he was having nightmares about it. Because mm -hmm. since since the fusion and he kind of this is the I think the first time he's told someone who isn't John or Lois about what happened. Yeah, that was the crux of this issue. Is really Superman coming clean to the rest of the Trinity of essentially what's been going on in the Superman book with Mister Oz, with the fusion, with everything. Yeah, and and the cool thing is they they kind of don't. Well, at least Batman kind of says that's that's silly. You know, that's so stupid. It's just dreams, which is and, hilarious to come from Batman because we know yeah. he's lying about the button and everything else he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, um, don't be paranoid, you fucking idiot. <laughs> um, but it also seems to imply that like they're obviously changed because of this ripple that's mm. been caused with the timelines and everything. Uh, which is really interesting. Definitely. Uh, I, I like to Wonder Woman's like, you know, yeah, Superman, you know, you, you don't understand what's real and what's fake in your life. I'm sympathetic. Have you read what's going on in my book? <laughs> yeah, have you, have you tried to catch up with my book? It's it fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, good, good, good share, Superman. Can I share now? Yeah, so apparently the place I thought was my home for all this year wasn't actually my home and I've never actually been back to the Amazon island. Ain't that fucked? <laughs> <laughs> Does someone want to help me? Help me. <laughs> and Superman's like, okay, okay, Diana, we'll, we'll help you, we'll help you. But first we got to deal with this guy in the green hood first. And, th and then we'll deal with your problem one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And it was really cool seeing them, like, I guess, see the other versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. In a big splash page that pays homage to pretty much all the costumes they've ever worn. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. Did, uh, did you have the same thing I did where it's like, oh, you know, with Batman and Superman, you can obviously pick out which era they're in depending on what they're wearing. Where it's like, okay, you know, this this is 90s Batman because he's got, like, again, the stupid shoulder points. You know, that's Superman with the mullet, so it's after this time and everything. But with Wonder Woman, it's a lot harder because her costume hasn't changed that much. Yeah, they all kind of look the same. Then you see, like, the one where she wore, like, the, the white suit from, like, I think the 60s. It was the 70s, yeah, when she was, like, 70s, you know, when yeah. she was basically Emma Peel when they took her powers away. 
Yeah, yeah, and that was like the only different one. Everywhere else was basically the same. They had, I think, they had the, the new Fifty Two one where she had like the pants, and that was it. That was that was even before the new Fifty Two with the pants. That was like the last couple days of the pre Flashpoint universe. I remember that was big news where it's like they're changing Wonder Woman's costume. Yeah, she's gonna have a half jacket and pants. <laughs> And everyone's like, that's not much of a change at all, actually. She, she just sounds like she's going to be more comfortable. Yeah. And then the new 52 happens. Like, okay, we're changing the costume again, but now it's going to be more silver than gold and more red than blue. And, and the DCU happened and gave her, like, arm spikes for no apparent reason. Yeah, and, and everyone forgets that. I, I like for the Batman one, it's clearly only the ones that were Bruce Wayne, so you don't see Flashpoint Batman, you don't see Asriel Batman, nor do you see Gordon Mechsuit Batman. Yeah, yeah, it's all the New 52. What I really liked as well is that there, there are actually two New 52s, which, like, when, when this book was I think it was getting previewed like last week or something. Everyone sort of assumed that because the new fifty two Superman was in in this in the costume that he was back. Mm. But because of that splash page it confirms that it's actually just a legit nightmare because the yes. new fifty two Superman in the in the jeans and everything is there. Oh interesting. Yeah. I did not think that far, Matt. Le- leave it to Matt to find some insider Superman information. <laughs> That's right, yeah, because he changed for DC Rebirth. Heck, even Batman technically had a couple more costume changes because even before DC Rebirth, he had the orange on the outside in, like, issue 50-51. Mm-hmm. With the purple cape on the outside and the orange. So, yeah, shouldn't, shouldn't that guy technically be there, too? But, oh, no, wait, but you're you, and you've always been you, but your costumes have been different. <laughs> it's weird. that The more questions they answer, the more questions you have, am I right? Yep. I guess keeping on the Superman bit, we can talk about Superman number 21. Mm, this was a really good issue. It was. This one had a lot of stuff going on about it. I think we can all agree, uh, what is it, uh, Jonathan Damien sleepover is awesome. Oh, it's so good. Damien sleeping on the floor and Damien being like, oh, I'm not a morning person. Get the sun out of my face. <laughs> Which is me at every sleepover I've ever been to. Don't you know I work by night? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great uh creepy milkman is creepy yeah cre- re- really creepy <laughs> the space octopus comes back i thought that i thought that was pretty cool and i'm kind of i'm kind of have a theory of who that villain is that that's sending them more Shoot. i i think it might be manchester black oh wouldn't that be some shit yeah, mainly because there's like this mind control thing that's going on, and it's mm. the same color as his mind control. Uh, there's, you know, he smokes cigarettes and everything. Well, that, that's not that's nothing that's gonna, you know, say it's him. Anyone can do that. Did, did he but, speak um, with a Cockney accent? The shadow guy wasn't paying attention. Well, I, I can't tell if he's gonna speak with a Cockney accent. Well, usually if they do, they put like some eyes in it, you know, like, like make them stare. Oh, guy, Richie, like w- w- words what I like this, right? <laughs> I I don't think so. No, I I hope it's Manchester Black. I've always liked that character, especially after Superman and the Elite. I thought there was so much more they could do with him. Yeah, and I, I, he probably will come back mainly because of all the stuff that's been going on with Superman. Who uh, who created Manchester Black actually? Did uh, did Jurgens um, create him? Because if he created him, then yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I don't think he did because he he appe- his first appearance was that what's the matter with Truth Justice story? Right. Um, 
which was the creators uh, Doug Mankey and Joe Kelly. Oh, right on. That's cool. D- Doug Mankey does the variant covers for this book. Oh, <laughs> shit. Wouldn't that be something? Be like, hey, look, Doug, we brought back this character you helped create. I think that would be pretty cool if he did come back. And he, he probably will, mainly because of all the stuff that's been happening with Superman, like the, the rebirth sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and and the story is very much similar to what that original Superman vs. the Elite story was with John accidentally almost killing someone. Yes, and kind of having to learn the harshest lesson. That's that's what I always loved about uh, about the Superman book as opposed to the action comic books is that it's really a lesson book for John, like especially in the beginning where it's like, you know, he was learning something about superpowers and how to use your abilities and everything. And this mm-hmm. one, this was the harshest lesson yet about killing because it's the easy way out. But moreover than that, it's like, you know, the people, the people love you. They'll hold you up. They'll be your friend. But then the second you fail them, yep, they'll turn on you completely. And they do turn on super dad super hard. Oh, like on the drop of a hat. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's something really profound about that exchange. And he, he has the best line. He has the best line, Superman, when he says, you know, when you and I use our powers, we just don't change lives. We can change uh, we can change the world, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why, you know, we always must use, you know, restraint in every way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if people start thinking, oh, well, Superman's killing, you know, he's, he's dangerous. We got to do something about it. Or, you know, it's like, well, why doesn't he just kill everybody? Exactly. It's it's a it's a really well put together uh, story with a lot of great lessons and a, ro- a lot of great continuity. It's really rewarding for people who have read everything. Yeah, with the the squid and everything that's been going on and that we the the one thing this comic didn't give us is anything like with Batman or like what the hell took him or anything. That's true. We know the squid seems to be uh, working with ink monsters or can at least create ink monsters. Yeah, yeah, and it tied into this somehow but oh oh, another thing we find out that like kathy has like telekinetic powers yes that's right and she seems to kind of be a protector of john she seems to be in league with the milkman that's not his supervillain name by the way i'm just calling him the milkman because i can't remember <laughs> it is now it's his it's the unofficial superhero supervillain named the milkman that's fan and he is the milkman god that sounds like something adam west batman would fight the milkman <laughs> that, that, that's like that's like a, a shitty yeah batman villain who like teams up with like condiment king and, and kite man or something oh. i'm the milkman no, you know, it's Condiment King and the Milkman, and they come together and they form a group. Uh, they're the they're the food court, is what they are. That's their super team name. <laughs> we are the food court, and we bring death and destruction to all things. <laughs> Fear the power of the food court. There's got to be more food and drink themed villains that we're forgetting who can join the team. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's real good. So yeah, Superman number 21, re- really good, man. We can both agree. Really interested to see the next issue. Yeah. What uh, what else did you have, Matt? Um, Let's take a look here. Oh, keeping in the Superman family, I had Superwoman issue 9. Oh, yes. What's been happening in Superwoman? Uh, yeah, so this book kind of hinged on Superwoman Lana Lang having the powers of that red energy. Right. So now that that red energy doesn't exist anymore, she doesn't have any powers. Oh, shit. And because of that, she's she's kind of relieved, but at the same time kind of devastated that now she doesn't have something that can help the world. 
Mm-hmm. And she's kind of depressed and everything about it and everything. But it's not until Superman shows up and says, you don't need powers to change the world. You, you, you're Lana Lang. That's, that's your power. Mm-hmm. And sort of like gives her the inspiration to continue being Superwoman. We don't know how, though. I imagine she'll be using some sort of irons tech or something. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I never stopped yeah. to consider what the red power going away would affect uh, Lana. Yeah, we we know she's still being Superwoman because we've seen solicitations and everything, but I don't know how. Hmm. Maybe artificial red energy or something. Maybe. Maybe uh, maybe uh, John Henry Irons builds her something to help her out. Yeah, totally. Wouldn't it be funny if she had to go to that same dimension or even had to go to Superman and be like, hey, man, can, can I have a jump? Can I have a, can I have a little touch of power? <laughs> Just give me a hit. Just give me a hit, man. Just give me one hit. Well, I mean, you, know, you would think that would actually be part of the story because it seems like Superman has been making the rounds recently to the entire Superman family and checking in with them and seeing if they need anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe she'll have like a, a her costume will be recreated as one that can maybe give off the same kind of power or something like an exosuit or something interesting yeah that sounds cool yeah so yeah uh superwoman uh speaking of female heroes i had uh invincible iron man issue number six this week the continued adventures of riri williams I haven't read this one yet. It's it's cool. There's a lot going on with her. Basically, she's given some really hard choices about what she's going to do with her superhero career. Uh, Tony Stark, uh, all the people that are running his company, Mary Jane, his mom, uh, Pepper, say, hey, you know, if you want, you can move right into Stark Industries. You can do your work right here. That way we can keep an eye on you and make sure that you're living up to, you know, Tony's ideal of what he thought you would be. And in her head, she's like, yeah, that's a great deal and I'd love to do it. But maybe I want to forge my own path. Maybe I just don't want to be Tony Jr., you know? Yeah, that, that's a good, good, good idea. It's good writing. And then uh, the people from MIT come back, because remember she built her first armor in her MIT dorm room? Yep. And they're like, yeah, hey, so you built that under our roof with, like, a bunch of our material? Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying we own the suit or anything, but we could take you f- to court for that. But how about instead of, you know, having a big, messy legal battle, how about you come back to school, full honors, we'll give you a grant, you can use our facilities to, you know, further whatever projects you're working on right now, and we get the added benefit of being like, oh yeah, like an actual big brain superhero works here. Oh, so she's kind of torn between whether she should stay at Stark or go to MIT or do her own thing. Yeah, oh, and then she gets torn a third time. Because, oh God! Because <laughs> when she's beating up the armadillo, the champions find her. Oh, okay. And the champions are like, "Hey, you know, we really love and respect your work and everything." Because the, the, they had technically met at least, you know, Riri, Miles, and uh, Kamala had met during Civil War Two because Bendis mm-hmm. wrote that. So of course they met there. They say they've been looking for her this whole time, but she hasn't been answering her phone or her texts and anything. They're like, we really want you to join the champions. You know, hey, what what young Avengers squad would we be if we didn't have a young Iron person? Hey, you want to come join our team and go full superhero? <laughs> and so now it's kind of like, well, fuck, what do I do? This is This is rough. I've got a lot of people coming after me. I imagine it's something that a lot of star athletes or like a lot of star, you know, uh, academics probably feel in their life of being like, oh, geez, I'm being pulled in all these directions. Who do I follow? Yeah, who do I sign with? Yeah, who do I sign with? Exactly. Look, who's going to give me my own sneaker deal? 
green M&M's, <laughs> my own slushy machine. <laughs> She's like a rock star. She has a rider and everything. And I swear to God, if I don't get this, I'm going to phaser blast somebody. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a cool story. There's also some more stuff happening in Latveria because Bendis is, you know, bringing everything a lot closer from the infamous Iron Man book to this book because uh, no doubt Riri and Doom will be crossing paths very soon. Yep. And you just know that'll lead to a, okay, who's who's worthy to wield the armor? There's, this town ain't big enough for two iron people. Yeah, I think that's actually going to be happening very soon. And I think maybe in infamous Iron Man, because at the end of the last issue of that, Riri finds out about Victor. Yeah, she became aware of him. And basically at the end of this issue, the world became aware of her. So, yeah. So they're going to have to figure this out. Wouldn't it be funny if Doom's like, hey, would you like to come to Latveria, actually, and help me stabilize it and be cool buds? We don't have yeah, to fight. That, that'd be really cool. He's like, you know, the old me would want to fight you. The old me would want to kill you. But I'm not the old me anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm a different Doom now. I'm, I'm working no. my program. <laughs> I'm talking to a psychiatrist. You know, I'm working my program. I'm, do I'm doing good, I promise. <laughs> but yeah, Infamous Iron or in, in, ugh, too many Iron Man books. Invincible Iron Man was fun. I enjoyed it. Cool, cool. Uh, what else did you have happening? Uh, I had Injustice Two begin last last week. Oh yes, yes, yes. And yes. um, it's on issue two now, and things are kind of getting out of hand. Uh, you, you would have liked this issue because it dealt with Oliver Queen and what he's been up to. Hey. <laughs> um, and. It, it is very confusing for people. So this Oliver Queen is from a separate universe, not not one of the two that are in the game. He's yeah. from a different universe because the original Oliver Queen from the regime universe was killed in year one. Right. This is the one that Dr. Fate dropped Black Canary off with so she could have a happy yeah. ending. Yeah, and we kind of check in on them, and their son Connor is growing up, and he's causing all sorts of havoc for Doctor Fate, mm -hmm. like shooting him with arrows, those like those like suction cup arrows and everything. Um, and he come, Doctor Fate comes back to their universe to tell them that Batman has sort of stabilized everything over in the regime universe and needs help, um, writing everything and rebuilding so they agree to go back with him and that sort of tells you why they're in the game nice and the end of the, the end of this comic we see in the in the first issue harley quinn gets recruited by amanda waller and rick flag for the suicide squad awesome because they weren't in the first injustice i don't think no uh and batman shows up kills amanda waller and rick flag and plans on using their task force x for his own nefarious deals. <laughs> oh shit! Has Batman broken bad now? Is he the bad guy? I I don't think it's actually Batman. Batman. I think it's someone else. Right, masquerading like, as Batman. Yeah, it's one of these villains or something. People keep seeing it's Red Hood because he uses guns and everything. But have a, I don't have, know. Have we seen Hush yet in the Injustice universe? That would be funny if it was Hush. Uh, I don't think we have. No. That would be funny if he's running around dressed as Batman. Or Hugo Strange. Well, I guess we kind of saw Hugo Strange in the background of Injustice 1. Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking it might be maybe Damien getting back at his dad. Mm, that would be a good fuck you. He is the ultimate pissed off kid, isn't he? Damn you, Jad. Especially in this one where, where Batman basically disowns him because he killed uh, Dick. 
that uh, that would be some shit. I'm going to be really interested in Injustice because he clearly stops dressing like Nightwing and goes back to dressing like Robin. Mm, yeah. I want to know what uh, what kind of got him around to doing that. Yeah. Fun, too, about that, I'm sure you've seen for Injustice, they have all, like, the multiple different costumes and everything you can put together. Mm-hmm. There's a really awesome uh, Damian Wayne Robin one that's all red and black and assassiny and everything. It looks really great. Cool. And I'm like, that's that's evil Robin right there. That's what that is. <laughs> I like that costume a whole lot. His whole moveset's cool. He's kind of like the death stroke of this game now. He's got the big sword and everything. Yeah. And that, that, that game's got to come out pretty soon, too, doesn't it? I think at the end of May, I think. Yeah, you, uh, you and I will have to hop online and play some uh, some original Injustice. I actually hopped back on to try and remind myself how the fuck to play. Yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to pick back up. It kind of is. Like, we were all super into it for, like, a couple months, and then it just sort of stopped. Yeah, it's going to be the exact same with this new game as well. Oh, is, isn't it always? But hey, we'll, we'll grind some good content out of it, Matt. Hey, would fans be interested if, like, instead of, like, a regular comic multiverse episode, we just record ourselves playing Injustice 2 for a bit and talk about shit? I think people would like that. I mean, lots of channels basically already do that, just do shows like what we're doing, but over gameplay footage. Only, only we won't be playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Not, and people are like, oh, did Joel just call someone out there? No, there's like 30 people who do that. <laughs> I, I, trust me, I didn't call out anyone in particular. I'm just saying, isn't that a thing people do? Yep. So yeah, Injustice, Injustice Year 2 or Injustice 2 Year 1, whatever the fuck they end up calling this. Yeah, they haven't called it Year 1 or anything. They just call it Injustice 2 and then the issue number. It's really weird. Injustice 2, Electric Battaloo. Matt is a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt enjoys it. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, ooh, I had Daredevil number 19. Mm-hmm. The continuation of the story of how Matt Murdock got everyone to forget him. Oh, okay then. This is, this is a really fun story because we basically spend the bulk of it inside Matt Murdock's mind. And his mind is characterized by a bar called Zed's, where Zedediah Kilgrave, the purple man, is the bartender. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> He's in his mind, and everyone who's drinking at the bar are different versions of Daredevil, all wearing different costumes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you get yellow Daredevil from, like, his first appearance, and you get, like, baggy tracksuit Frank Miller Daredevil and shitty 90s armored Daredevil all hanging out with each other in the bar. And, like, they all represent different parts of his psyche as he essentially fights himself. Huh. Cool. And, I, and I'm like, man, you could really only do this with Daredevil because he's had so many amazing costumes over the years that are like so like, oh, yeah, I know what that's from. Yeah, totally. You could really only do that with him. And to also kind of like, you know, make reference to the writers, too, because like Frank Miller Daredevil picks a fight with Mark Wade's Daredevil right away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, of course these two would fight. They could not be more different than they are. Uh Oh, uh, that's great. Actually, hey, did, did you hear the story also from C2E2? Apparently Frank Miller says he has a Superman story that he really wants I did, to tell. Pe people were definitely sure to tweet that at me. <laughs> all the time, all day, every day. <laughs> yes, and I'm like, please don't, please. I'm, I'm sure you had the same reaction I did. Just just stop, Frank, just stop it. 
<laughs> go go home you're drunk frank miller <laughs> just just stop it <laughs> no i want to really tell a story as yeah, my frank miller impression I, I should make him sound more like freddy krueger i really want to tell a story that'll let people know how much i love superman well the thing is the people would forget about it because these books never come out on time that's true that's, <laughs> that's... Like, oh, oh yeah that he's writing that book that's right <laughs> dark knight 3 is still like one issue left to come out jesus christ <laughs> all this time later i think you and yeah. i had just started up this channel basically when that happened i yeah i think so yeah I think we just started this show. That's that's how long we we managed to finish fifty three episodes of this podcast before Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello could finish Dark Knight Three. <laughs> what does that tell you? Now it's it's funny. I was talking to my buddy Sal there from Comic Pop, who actually has been reading it, and he's like, "I'm pretty sure in the next issue, Batman, who is young again somehow, he didn't explain how that happened." Oh god damn it. He's pretty sure young Batman is going to have sex with Carrie Kelly at some point in the next issue. That's that's his feeling. Oh jeez, what the fuck is going on in that book? And I'm like, yeah, that'll bring it all full circle, won't it? That'll 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 be it. That'll just fix everything, won't it? <laughs> and then Batman kills Superman all over again and then he has sex with Carrie Kelly on his corpse. <laughs> You joke, but <laughs> Frank Miller would do that, and then you know, and then they burn some Korans while they're at it. Did, did I mention I don't like brown people? Yes, Frank, you've mentioned it several yeah, times. Yeah, uh, that Batman says he's got to go to the Middle East to to deal with the brown people. <laughs> no, it's like, damn it, Frank, we wouldn't let you tell that story before. Well, I'm doing it now. I worked it in. <laughs> damn it brian we thought we told you to hit his hands away from the keyboard if he went there <laughs> and brian azarel's like i'm so tired i'm just so tired is, is he even is he even still involved in the book <laughs> uh he is well remember that was our complaint where it felt like this just feels like brian azarel was writing it and frank miller is putting his name on it yeah in, in fact, later on, Frank Miller basically all but admitted that, yes, Azarello's writing it, and he just has input on it. No, okay then. But they couldn't sell a Dark Knight 3 book if it didn't have Frank Miller's name on it. <laughs> That's true. But but maybe Azarello, who is, of course, if you watched uh, the Killing Joke animated movie, he's, you know, no stranger to Batman fucking his sidekicks and weird, gross sex scenes. So maybe so, that's... So, yeah, that's his his idea. That, that was his thing. Hey, Frank, and you know what he should do? Batman should fuck Carrie Kelly. And Frank's like, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love you, Brian. Come here. Not gay, though. <laughs> he has to say that every time. That's, that's how Frank Miller punctures all his sentences. Not gay, though. <laughs> and Batman's big, strong, and rippling. Not gay, though. <laughs> so that was daredevil people <laughs> <laughs> yeah daredevil was good <laughs> daredevil was good although uh I, I think some people are gonna have like really that's that that's how he came to the black costume really that's how he came to like you know doing maybe the worst thing he ever did but uh no, but I'll, I'll, I'll let people okay. judge for themselves i won't spoil that one especially because that's probably the video i'm gonna do when we're done here <laughs> So I haven't even worked through the Daredevil thing. You'll see how I really feel probably tomorrow at 8 o'clock when I get the video out. <laughs> and uh, what else did you have, Matt? I, I only have one more that I actually read. Uh, Justice League issue 19. Oh, yes, you're still reading the Justice League. What's going on in the League of Justice? 
Uh, this was the end of the Timeless story arc, which saw the uh, Justice League deal with a multiversal event with this woman uh, who was trying to help them but turned out to be an evil person, uh, tries to destroy all metahumans on Earth and try to wipe them from history because she thinks that they're the problem mm. and she's the reason something big is coming. Right. Uh, so, so definite rebirth illusions there um but probably the most interesting thing about this issue was kind of the reveal but not reveal that miss martian is part of the infinity corp oh shit or at least i think it's miss martian mainly because there's this uh, a woman named jane jones uh who uh was helping superman get his family back and everything and she gets attacked by molly and when she gets knocked unconscious her face kind of reverts to like this green alien face oh. and yeah it was, it was really kind of weird there was no real explanation for it whatsoever so i don't know whether we're going to get one or whether that's something that's going to be coming in another book or yeah it was really weird interesting huh yeah it'd be fun if they worked in a miss martian somewhere yeah well we got to find out where uh martian manhunter is yeah oh he's 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 having a fight with marvin the martian in those uh, looney tunes crossovers that's what he's doing <laughs> that's how he comes back <laughs> he's been too busy fighting looney tunes cartoons yeah he's been too busy right now he's been look he's been looking for the secret recipe to uh what is it to, to or oreos <laughs> that's what he's been doing he's just he's just been sitting in his apartment just oh god i love oreos so much i can't stop <laughs> Why can't I stop eating Oreos? I should really get out and be a superhero. Okay, maybe just one more box. That's, see, that, that's his kryptonite. That's how you stop him. You just throw a box of Oreos down, and he has to eat them. He's obsessive-compulsive about eating Oreos. But it has to be Oreos. You can't sell, You can't throw, like, those, uh, th those like, fake not-name-brand Oreos at him because he'll know the difference. Hydrox, I think they're called. Yeah, even though they're, like, the original... Yeah, really. He'll know the difference. He'll be like, I don't care that they're the original or Oreos is where it's at. <laughs> these these Hydrox. Like, that's, that, that's the new villain uh, for Martian Manhunter. His name is Hydrox. He's an alien from another planet. <laughs> and he owns the company that makes the like uh, quote-unquote knockoff Oreos, and it's all a plot to destroy Martian Manhunter. <laughs> hey, hey, comic writers! It's not great, but I don't see you coming up with gangbuster pitches for Martian Manhunter. At least it's an idea. <laughs> At least it's something that could be a miniseries. Yeah, you can put that on the whiteboard while you're at it. <laughs> it's like okay, so we got cookies and aliens, and that's that's about it. <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> we can do anything right now. We're DC. <laughs> so yeah. What you're saying is Justice League, you enjoyed Justice League. I did. I'm probably one of the few people that do enjoy it. Yeah, but that's okay. Someone's got to enjoy it. It's a book for you. <laughs> it's, a, it's a book right for you. And I guess the last one I read this week was uh, Nightwing, number 19. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, The Return of Dr. Hurt, of course, the big villain of the Grant Morrison era of Batman, who now has a major bone to pick with uh, both Damien and Nightwing. Mm-hmm. What I like about it is they seek to imply that, like, maybe uh, Dr. Hurt was dead and he was in hell, but he's back now. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's basically like, yeah, I crawled my way out of hell. What do you think about that? 
And then I talk to the dark god that is above me that maybe it's the devil, maybe it's Anubis, we don't know. But he said, hey, go get me Nightwing. And I was like, yeah, Satan, I'll do that. <laughs> and that's basically what he did. What's fun about this is that uh, Dick is joined in this by his new girlfriend, the former supervillain Defacer, and she actually proves to be quite useful in a fight. Really? Yeah, but it's also, like, Dick's also a little worried and shit because he's pretty sure she's pregnant with his kid. Mm -hmm. And the villains keep knocking her around. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> really, please don't do that. We do, we do not want to have to tell that story. <laughs> About being like, yeah, you were pregnant, but too much superheroing caused you to miscarry. What were you thinking? <laughs> that would be rough. That would be dark. That would be on a very special episode of Nightwing. <laughs> the big miscarriage uh, episode. It's it's been a while since uh what is it since freaking uh since comics have tackled something that dark and that serious. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that was the last one I read from this week. It was fun. It's cool. I like uh that Tim Seeley is kind of doing a big old love letter to uh to the Grant Morrison run of Batman and bringing back a lot of characters and plot points that have been missing. Yeah, it sounds good. It is. It's a fun, it's fun fun stuff. Uh, did you have uh, how many more did you have there, Matt? Um, well, I got one, but I'm pro I'm probably gonna have to go reread it because it didn't really make much sense to me. And that was All Star Batman issue nine. Oh yes, that's right. I read that too this week. I totally forgot about that. Batman saves America. Yeah, from Ra's Al Ghul, who was like, it it was it was me, Bruce. It was me all along. That's totally the moment. I like they have him in shadow too. It's like, who could this guy be? He's wearing a tuxedo. Who could he be? Oh, it's Raish. Yeah, it's Rache. Oh, he's got a sniper rifle. <laughs> Which, man, I never thought Rache would look as awesome as he does in a tuxedo. It's a good look for him. It is. And now, it didn't make sense to me in the fact that we see Bruce Wayne get shot in the head and then he heals. Now, was that like was that something to do with that Mad Hatter thing that he did? Yes, the idea is is that when I hit you, Rache, with that bottle at the very beginning of our fight, I was actually slipping a Mad Hatter chip onto you. Okay, okay. Because when I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Is that meant to be Clayface? What's going on? I thought that too at first. It, it's funny, the whole tagline of this book is like, this is not a Batman story. They say that like several times, this is not a Batman story. Yeah, and then they're like, no, it's totally a Batman story. Yeah, we kid you, it actually was. Once again, too, Scott Snyder uh, manages to, you know, uh, expouse his love of... Uh, of architecture because he talks about dc because they have the big fight in washington dc and he's like you know the whole place is built for theater it's like one giant podium yeah yeah there's like no alleys or underground tunnels or anything which when you're batman is hard because you need those things yes yes you do I, I like too. batman has this big huge end of an arc fight not in a batman costume but as bruce wayne the whole time when was the last time that happened <laughs> Yeah, in a tuxedo. <laughs> yeah, he he's basically James Bond in this whole thing. It's basically one giant Bond story, even down to the villain's complicated plan of, like, I'm going to send out a signal that will cause nuclear power plants and airplanes and dams to stop working because it's on a frequency of, like, really small, crappy parts, and, you know, only you can stop me, Batman. It even took took place... It took place at the Lincoln Memorial... Uh, not the Lincoln Memorial, that, um... What's that big spire called... Uh, I think it is the Lincoln Memorial. Is it? I, I can't. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> We're not Americans. Um, we don't know things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it even we'll took you, place we'll, in like a James Bond place. <laughs> 
part. We'll, we'll tell you all about, uh, what is it? We'll tell you all about the Sydney Opera House and the CN Tower and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, the, the Lincoln Memorial is the place with the Lincoln statue. What's, yeah, what is the place with the big tower? See, we're sounding stupid right now, I'm sure, to all the Americans out there. Like, God, guys, it's this thing. Well, we don't live in the country, so... It's America Tower, that's what it is. They have a big fight at America <laughs> Tower. How about that? Uh. But yeah, that was that was an interesting issue. And it sets up the next arc, which is funny, because I didn't think there was going to be a next arc. I thought this was the end of it. Yeah, I thought this was only just going to be like a miniseries. I, I did too. Yeah, I thought it was only going to be two arcs and he was done, Scott Snyder, but apparently he's going a little longer... And Raish has a very cryptic thing that he says to him, you know, you're going to die soon, Batman, but it won't be like in a big operatic fight like this. It will be with like the click of a camera phone and a screen going blank. Yeah, and then at the end, someone kind of like catches him. Yeah, which is that supposed to imply that with that picture, they can prove that he's Batman, I suppose? Yeah, or maybe the the what i think is maybe that reporter's gonna like notice that like bruce wayne was there but then also batman was as well mm-hmm. so, since people knew obviously batman was in town and everything bruce wayne was and maybe maybe she's like smarter than most in, most reporters in the dc universe and starts piecing it together yeah i mean is that we haven't had a good uh what is it uh reporter finds out batman's true identity story in a bit he hasn't had to protect his identity for a while mm-hmm also, too, I think uh, I think the next arc is called the First Ally, whoever that mm-hmm. is, who looks to be like mm-hmm. a ninja guy with like sword hands. I don't know what the deal with that is, but we'll have to check that out. Yeah. Also, too, we got the end of the Duke story, and apparently the Duke story will tie into Dark Knight's Metal because it says next Dark Knight's Metal. Well, I think they. I think they, they're trying to imply that maybe Duke might be metahuman or something. Yes, he had a fight with Mr. Bloom, who was, of course, the villain from the uh, Gordon years as Batman. And, yeah, now they're implying that he has powers of some kind. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Wonder, I wonder where they're going with that. I mean, being, being super-powered would sure make him nice and different from, uh, from the other uh, Robins and all the other sidekicks and supporting characters. Yeah, and it, it could lead to some really unique stories, especially with, like, Batman, how he's, he's always kind of, I, I guess you'd say, jealous of people with superpowers. Cause they, very they, distrustful. They to, yeah, very distrustful, and it could lead to some really cool storylines with that. It, uh, it absolutely could. I know they toyed around with the idea of, like, hey, what would happen if, uh, like, Damien had powers, but they chickened out on that pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> So it'd be funny to see if they kept it going with Duke, because you know Duke even says, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm not a Robin, I'm not your son, I'm not your sidekick, whatever. I'm I'm your partner. I do this because I want to." Type thing. Yeah, yeah. I like to them repurposing uh, Mister Bloom, basically being like, "No, Bloom is a Duke villain." Yeah, that yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Because he had a deep deeper tie to him, and uh, Duke was like kind of important in his downfall in the end. So I dug that. Hmm. And also bringing it back to Duke's family. Snyder's written a lot about Duke just in these short backup stories. I mean, they're all Duke-centric. Yeah, that that was a great way to like expand on his his time as this Batman partner. Yeah. The the question is, will other writers care to pick up on what Snyder writes here? That's true. That's the big question when you're trying to launch a character. It's like, and here's my new pet project. I want to create a new sidekick. 
Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that just about does it for us then, huh, Matt? That's everything for this week? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was a good show, meaty show, lots of stuff covered. Yeah. As, uh, as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had as much fun listening to us as we did recording. If you want to download the podcast and carry it around with you all the time, there's no better way to do that than to head over to the SoundCloud page. In fact, over 200 of you have who are following us now. Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. We're, we're blowing up. We're doing pretty good there. And again, I'm sorry I haven't backed up all the shows yet. It's time-consuming. I promise I will. I'll back up the shows, and then I'll back up... Uh, what is it, all the commentaries, too, so you can listen to them and also carry those around as well. Awesome. And, uh, hey, if you want to listen to this show before anyone else, there's no better way to do that than to become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can listen to the show as soon as it's done recording, which is usually around midnight Sunday night. Yep. Everyone else will be getting this one Wednesday morning. Uh, you get this with your new comics and everything, so, you know, we hope you enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess that'll just about do it for me and Matt. You, uh, you doing anything interesting on your channel, Matt, you want people to know about? Anything you want to talk about? Um, I will, by, definitely by the time this goes up on YouTube, I'll have a review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 up. Ah, yes, yes, that's, uh, that's a good one. Yes, anyone who wants to know, go check out Matt's. So, yeah, that, that's going to be really good. I'm really excited to see the film, so, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. Lucky bastard getting to see it early. <laughs> Although, as we've said before, he gets to see it early, but he gets screwed over on video game prices and pretty much everything else. Yeah, pretty much. This it's, is... it's gotten a lot better, though. It's gotten a lot better. That's good. Yeah. It's the one It's the one consolation prize for all the other bullshit you must endure living in Australia. <laughs> That's the one good thing, is you get movies slightly earlier. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, I can bring the show to an end. Uh, this has been the Comic Multiverse. I have been Joel. I'm Matt. And we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. See ya.